who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. My name is Jenny Owen-Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And together we spent six years watching every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one at a time, podcasting about each and every one. Our podcast is spoiler-free, so first-time viewers can listen along safely. Ever thought to yourself, I wish someone was brave enough to write an original song for every single episode of Buffy? Your search is at an end, my friend, because we did exactly that. Our podcast is called Buffering the Vampire Slayer, and you can learn more about it at bufferingcast.com. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, audio listeners. Thank you for listening to Fireteam Chat, episode 100. For the first hour and a half, we reference a lot of slideshow images that you can see over at youtube.com slash fireteamchat. However, I realize you're an audio listener, so you might want to skip ahead to about one hour and 26 minutes, only because you won't have a visual reference. Anyway, thank you so much for being a listener. Here's the show. Reaching episode 100 of any show is a special moment. Before we begin, I wanted to say a quick thank you to everyone who's been a part of making Fireteam Chat possible through the years. Jose, Alfredo, Brian, Sean, Fran, CJ, thank you so much for being a part of this production. Also, thank you to all the guests who've been kind enough to join us on the show over the last two years. Most importantly, thank you to every single one of you who've watched, shared, left comments, and kept the show going. We do this for you, and I hope you've enjoyed the ride as much as we have. Today we'll be talking about our favorite Destiny memories, take a look back at the evolution of the game, talk about what's coming down the road, but first, we'll have a little chat with Deej from Bungie. So without further delay, let's get Fireteam Chat episode 100 started. Welcome to Fireteam Chat episode 100 thank you for joining us and thank you fran sean cj also and one more thanks and that's for bungie deej and chris how are you guys doing there in seattle doing good congratulations on your 100th episode thanks thank for you having so us much. on thanks <laughs> so today you guys actually brought something really cool for the community what are you showing us well we uh since this is your 100th episode uh you know, you're taking a look back at some of your favorite memories. Uh, we're delving uh, into the memories of uh, Christopher Barrett, who's going to represent our art team. And we're going to take a look at some of the original explorations that led to the world that we've all been exploring uh, these past several years. Uh, we're going to look back at some of the first seeds that were planted uh, here in our studio that grew into 
the world of destiny that you know. So we're going to take a look back at concepts and just sort of the artistic primordial ooze, if you will. <laughs> awesome. Cool. So uh, let's jump right into it. You have some characters that you wanted to start with? Yeah. So let's see. Um, first image we have here is a, a early concept of a uh, titan. Um, just exploring mm, some, of the, um, some of the yeah. armor uh, <laughs> armor shapes and stuff. I believe that's one of the ones that uh, we we built in in game. Um, I think that might be the Star Guardian. I'm not sure. We have uh, internal names for uh, Star Guardian. I think so, uh, if wow. I remember correctly. But we have um, internal names for like the uh, different sets to kind of give uh, the artists building them kind of inspiration for the kind of theme they're going for. So it might be like you know like. Blood Hunter or you know Star Guardian. Just we kind want of, to know that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of fun. <laughs> just I want to start of... calling it <laughs> Star Guardian. <laughs> that sounds so cool. But also, I'm looking at this, and that looks like a really big weapon. Or is it two weapons on his back? Because it looks like it looks kind of auto rifleish. Like the front of it looks like what might be a Suros weapon. And I'm, when I say the front, I mean the part that's by his leg. You see what I'm talking about? Uh, Am I the only one? Yeah, oh, I see it. Yeah. That looks like a Suros weapon, right? Yeah, yeah, an early idea of a weapon. They also, um, the Titans, uh, at one point, uh, uh, we were trying to, you know, distinguish, you know, clear ideas of which, uh, what was a hunter, what was a Titan, what was a warlock. So we gave them all distinctive, uh, uh, elements to their armor designs. Like the Titans always have the slope back kind of, uh, you know, faceplate. Um, at one point they had, uh, a lot, like, uh, a piece on their backpack that was more visible, and that's what you see. Um, you know, just so the silhouette was uh, unique between the different different classes. So, how early in the process was this built? Yeah, like what year is this? Oh boy, <laughs> you know, roughly. Um, you know, I I, I don't. Know. I joined Bungie in November of 2011, <laughs> and when I first got here, this was about the only way that I could relate to this new product that I knew nothing about. Uh, I took wow. a bit of a leap of faith as. Uh, as a longtime Bungie fan, as somebody who would love playing Bungie shooters, uh, I took a leap of faith coming out here, you know, saying, please, please don't be something that I have a hard time relating to. Because, I mean, as the community guy, I was going to have to move among the players and talk to them in a way that made sense to them. And when I started seeing a lot of the art, it, you know, sort of reassured me instantly. It's like, okay, I see power armor, I see guns, I see, <laughs> you know, I said to Pete Parsons on my first day, this looks like a bungee game. It's got right. power armor and guns. And he nodded right, gravely right. and said, and capes. <laughs> yep, and capes. <laughs> kind of, and I, I kind of choked That's back a, a cool. chuckle because... And I saw in the beginning, is, was it called Project Destiny, or did it have another code name before that? It was codenamed Tiger. Yeah, it was it? Tiger first. We'll actually get Tiger. that. We'll get to that in a Space bit. There's Tiger. actually a slide that explains why Not we called it Project Tiger in a bit. But right. uh, let's keep rolling because we got sixty. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, oh yeah. boy! All right, let's go. <laughs> this is a. Uh, this is. Uh, this is Cade, isn't it? Cade oh. outfit. This is oh, Cade. No really? Wow! Oh, That's so wow. cool. Um, so uh, you know, these are the a couple images here, just of the class mentors. So um, this is a early image. What ultimately became uh, Cade's outfit? Uh, huh? Yeah. So you had wow. like the cloak going, but it was a little more. Um, I don't know how to put it. It wasn't as dis- uh, dressed human? up, so to speak. <laughs> right. Well, he's yeah. not a, a robot either. Yeah. yeah. The lights are bright in here. Yep. Very cool. Can you tell me a little bit about this weapon? It looks very Uh-oh. staffish. I'm going back. It looks what? Like a staff. Oh yeah, it's no, it's like a just. A, I think it's just a sniper rifle. Sniper. Yep. Um, just oh, a, a super, a super large uh, sniper rifle. Oh, you're right. There oh you yeah, go. yeah. That's well, awesome. <laughs> it is bright in the studio, by the way, for us. So if we ever <laughs> got it, so you may recognize this character. 
Hmm. Not quite sure. <laughs> it's Zavala, right? Yeah, it's Zavala. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, the yeah. shoulder pads. Yeah, totally. It's the shoulder arm. gives it's it away. The, yeah. the gigantic mm. shoulder pads. Yep. Yeah. What I what I love is that you can kind of distinguish the Titans. A lot of Titan armor has sort of like uh, it's a. Uh, not balanced, like there's parts that are on one side but aren't like a, the shoulder pad. Like, has that yeah. always been a design element of the Titans? I mean, I think that's something we tried to do across the board with most of the characters. Like, we wanted to play mm-hmm. with asymmetry and make sure that, you know, we didn't just have sort of generic sort of, uh, you know, suits of armor that, you know, it was, it was part of the Destiny aesthetic, I guess, to introduce those elements of, uh, you know, like the, the sash that goes across one side or, you know, arm pieces that, uh, um, yeah, we're only on one side, like you're like you're saying. So um, I think it kind of goes across all of our armor armor designs right. for the different classes. Hmm. Now, within the concept of like ornaments and stuff that you guys just brought in the latest DLC, did you want to do that sooner, or were there other ideas where you're like, oh, you know, maybe we could implement this another way, or or you just always came out with different gear prior to that? Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, we've always a. Uh, uh, you know, it's been it's been a progress. You know, throughout each release, like playing with different things that we would introduce. Um, that you know, a lot of the um, early ideas for for the characters, we wanted to have those elements that were unique and stood out and made each character different. And you know, having pieces that people could wear mm-hmm. um, that, that made them stand out. I think that was part of uh, part of the you know early early idea of Destiny was you know having those ways to look unique as a character. So, one last question about. About the Titan and uh, and the Hunter, actually, like which iteration of Zavala and Cade is this? Oh yeah, like how many of these did you do? <laughs> you know what? Um, as, as you can see, uh, Ryan Demita, he was the artist who worked on these. Um, I think at that point we had a pretty good understanding of the aesthetic for the for the different classes, um, and so. Uh, you know, uh, like with anything, we'd go through a couple round of sketches, and I think uh, he he pretty quickly um, found something that we we really liked. So not too many, I would say, with with those characters. Oh, okay. Uh, there were some characters that went through a lot of iterations, and we may you know we'll get to a couple of those um, that you'll see. Like you know some mm-hmm. some characters, some of the more iconic characters took maybe you know six That's months a year to kind of finally finally get right. But yeah, the, these uh, came about pretty quickly. Oh. So I'll move on. So here you some of the very, very, very early, oh uh, you know, first images from uh, some of the classes. So here you have an wow. early, early That's Titan. Cool. Uh, that is a minigun. Like. like. <laughs> yeah. Fits with the name Titan, that's for sure. Yeah. Yep. Wow. So That's so cool. Where, where, where are the miniguns in this, <laughs> in Destiny? <laughs> the Cabal have them, I guess. Right. That's, oh, okay. Yeah, it's very similar. Yep. Um, so, I mean, here just playing around with you know, making sure the classes kind of fit that fantasy. So you have a very heavy, you know, space marine, basically. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think that embodies this, you know, image pretty well. But also um, something that we wanted to bring early in the concepts was um, that kind of uh, painterly quality, like, you know, bringing that kind of more impressionistic um, quality to, to the world of Destiny. So, you know, the colors and the, you know, stuff was a little bit softer and a little more impressionistic. And so that was really important in the early, um, you know, early concept uh, yeah. phase of Destiny. Um, the, you know, this wasn't just, you know, super hard sci-fi. Um, we wanted some of that more painterly quality to all of the, the work we did. And I think, yeah, Jamie Jones, the artist who worked on this, is uh, amazing at that. And just a note on process, especially for your audience, when we look back into concepting, 
This is the raw space. This is somebody comes to a blank piece of paper or a blank design tablet, mm -hmm. and they're told to come up with the first ideas that will end up growing into icon iconic classes. So way mm -hmm. before sandbox designers got their hands on this to decide about things like weapon balance and things like that, these were literally just sort of sketches of weapons and soldiers or knights, if you will, mm -hmm. just from the, the blank of someone's imagination. So you can look at this and you can see the original inspirations, but this really isn't a matter of where are the miniguns or if we go to this next image, it's like, what happened to that pistol? Um, this is right. really where we begin and then we move from here and refine these ideas. Well, um, and as more and more disciplines sound off about what they need for Destiny to be, the game really does change over time. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I was kind of just joking about the miniguns. I know, but cool I, like I said, for your audience, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah, totally. I can imagine thousands of voices going, "Yeah, where's the miniguns, Bungie?" <laughs> right, yeah. So uh, one of these thing, one thing that stood out to me about this screenshot and the last screenshot was like when you're approaching, like you said, the blank canvas, and you're kind of coming up with these ideas. That last screenshot of the Titan, uh, it looked a little bit. I wouldn't call it contemporary in terms of modern times but like it had kind of tubes going in and out of the yeah. back that suggest a less evolved sci-fi aesthetic was it difficult to kind of place it in how far in the future how evolved are these armor sets are these weapons because that last screenshot feels a little bit more iron manny which in our heads is like that's happening now this looks like that doesn't even look like armor to me minus yeah. the gun it mm -hmm. could be it Less totally could be contemporary. Like, was it difficult to balance like the futurist, the future aesthetic, and the sci-fi aesthetic, and figuring out where it kind of happens in time? I mean, you really hit on one of the challenges. You know, early when we were working on, uh, you know, the, the the world of Destiny was um, we wanted to make it timeless. I think um, so. We didn't want to like really make it clearly a you know super futuristic or you know something in the past. Like, if 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 it feels timeless, that was that was a good thing for us. So taking bits of things that are contemporary that people can relate to and mixing in sort of the the sci-fi and the more the fantasy as you see you know in in the spectrum and so um, I think the classes even kind of represent that where you have the warlock who is more uh, more fantasy all the way you know the Titan on the other end of the spectrum which is uh, you know more sci-fi more space marine uh, and then the the hunter somewhere in the middle mm -hmm. where you have a mix of kind of armor and cloth and capes and guns and, and that kind of thing so um, we wanted to kind of have that spectrum I'm actually curious about Bungie's process here, um, and maybe you do both, but like in some cases, yeah, right, like concept art just kind of comes out of, I think, brainstorming to inspire maybe design. But like here, obviously we're seeing specifics, but um, in other words, how much direction did you have for some of this early work? You know, did you know it was a three-class co-op game uh, shooter? And How much direction would you say was provided early on? How do you guys tend to work? You know, how much of the game was designed up in your head before you were making art? Right. Uh, I mean, it was gradual. I mean, we worked on it for many, many years. And so, um, you know, it was a small team and we worked tight together. Um, and so the process of the design and the art all kind of happened uh, together. Um, and so I would say at this point in, in the concepts, we knew that we wanted to have, uh, you know, classes um, we wanted them to be a mixture of sci-fi and fantasy. And that's what, the, you know, when we wanted to have, uh, um, you know, and we did a lot of sketches up to this point, And this was really trying to nail the look and give a, a finished piece that could inspire the team and that ultimately would use, as a, you know, a, um, you know a, a checkpoint for us to, to you know, yeah. say, hey, that, that yeah. works. We've kind of hit the aesthetic and, you know, that we're going for. I want that helmet. 
So it sounds like, just for some clarity, it sounds like you do make a lot of art before you really get into the engine at all. Like, oh um, yeah, yeah. Especially right? in, the, I mean, w- with a new uh, a new franchise, a new you know a new world that we're building. Absolutely, that's the you know we want to explore as many things as possible. Um, you know, as early as possible, and you know, it's it's much quicker to you know do a sketch or you know prove out something on on paper than it is to build it in 3D and get it in engine. Um, at the same time, though, we're also doing. Uh, you know, stuff in engine and exploring things and with gameplay and whatnot, uh, while we were doing some of this, but. Gotcha. So was it always Hunter, Warlock, Titan, or did something hit the cutting room floor that didn't make it? Um, I mean, we went through a lot of iterations. I think, you know, if you go look back at our old, uh, you know, notebooks of different ideas of, you know, what could be in the game, there's plenty of stuff that we, we played around with, but, um, uh, very quickly, I think we knew that, you know, three felt, felt right. Um, and those were the, the fantasy, the sci-fi fantasies that felt really good to us. Um, you know, they felt like a, they complemented each other well. Yeah. Um, so. When I first got here, I mean, they said, you got the tank, you got the wizard, you got the sort of the rogue frontier survivalist. That was one of the things, actually, this early concept that's next up for the hunter, this is sort of oh, devoid cool. of one of my favorite things about the hunter, where it kind of feels like hunter armor is <laughs> yeah. cobbled together using found items like old hazmat suits or little pieces from astronaut suits. And that's mm-hmm. why the asymmetrical Porsche component to the armor mm-hmm. really appealed to me because it's like, you didn't find this mm-hmm. hanging up in a locker somewhere. This wasn't gifted to you by the queen. You, just like the players of Destiny, find this from all these different sources and cobble right. it together. And that's why every you know, mm-hmm. warrior in the world is unique, right? Yep. Um, but yeah, it's that, that exploring the frontier fantasy and finding the, the armor from lost heroes and, you know, putting it together and everyone being unique. Absolutely. That was, that was part of the aesthetic. Yeah. This is actually, actually before, um, uh, you know, uh, hunters had the full cape. Um, you see a sash, you know, the, or the, the sort of scarf, um, on here. I mean, yeah. which you get actually in the, in the beginning of the game, you get a, um, when you first create a, a hunter, you get the, the, you know. Yeah, shorter, isn't that the default? Sk- yeah. Yeah. Is that an arc blade there? It's almost, I mean, that's I mean, prototype. I, I even think. that yeah. far back, people yeah. were thinking about luminous energy blades. And yeah. I mean, yeah, a lot of, um, a lot of, you know, these, these are cool images, but a lot of the choices that go in here are very deliberate about, um, how much cloth and, um, you know, what the, the style of helmet and whether, you know, in this world, do, are there, are there glowing, uh, you know, knives that people can wield and how, how much is the right amount of fantasy versus contemporary versus sci-fi. So. Um, those are those are all fun things that you know we're we're working out at, at the at that point. Uh, moving along, let's see. Here we have some. Would you call it the ho hum? That's what the, the ho- this file name was. Ho hum soldiers, and I just love this because we always see the guardians sort of strolling nobly through the tower or engaged in amazing action. But it's funny that uh, this artist uh, Jamie Jones took the time to think about. Just sort of like the life of a soldier. Like, I wish someone would attack us today. I haven't fired a shot in anger in over a month. Yep. Uh, and you <laughs> start, start to see yeah. some of the first ideas of what city life would be if that's supposed to be, you know, like the wall and the towers in the background or mm-hmm. if that's, uh, you know, a, a far-flung destination. But you can see how raw the thinking was here. Uh, you know, there's, there's guns and magazines in the forefront. You've got something that looks very M4 there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just... Where Destiny arrived is a very iconic uh, and specific blend of sci-fi and fantasy. Mm-hmm. But you can mm-hmm. kind of see that this far back in the process, the artists were all over the map. There were mm-hmm. some things that looked like it was very near future in almost like a halo sense. Mm-hmm. And there were other things that were totally like 
off the reservation into Lord of the Rings territory, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the weapons there, those are just machine guns. Yeah, so. it looks pretty contemporary, minus mm-hmm. like this jetpack gi armored that the <laughs> yeah. standing dude is. But like the helmet of the sitting dude, like that looks like something like a fighter pilot from yeah, like today jet- might wear. You know, yep. jet pilot. Yeah, yeah. Guardians on watch. You can see it though. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And and some of the other things were, I mean, in these kind of images, like we're also looking at the the color palette and the the style, the at, the way the city feels and the distance and the atmosphere, and so it's sort of setting the um, setting the tone as well, um, as well as the specifics of the designs. Yeah, I was gonna say, even though they're at, it looks like ground level, it still seems to have a lot of that tower feel. It seems very similar. Meaning, oh, you read that it's ground level? It looks like they're standing on the top of a building. To me oh, yeah, top, but meaning it's all looks like it's on the ground. Well, it doesn't, because there's the wall in the background, mm-hmm. meaning, it, meaning this still feels like the, a- the tower. aesthetic of waiting at the tower on mm-hmm. watch for the next thing, meaning finding a place for these guardians to live, but meaning it looks very similar to me. Like, um, at a glance, it has that haziness that you're talking about, you know, in the it looks distance. like Earth. And yeah, it looks like Earth still, you know. Which I mean, is, it's Tower, the city. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He just exactly. rolled another uh, unfortunate Engram from the Cryptarch. Yeah, he yeah. <laughs> Those are all greens. Exactly. exactly. Why do I keep getting green? He got a blue. He, yeah, yeah. he met Master Raul a few minutes ago, unfortunately. Shinjin uh, E again, and they told me this will carry exactly. forward from the beta. Yeah. Cool. All right, so moving on. We got on, a green game, guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Ooh, oh, I this like one's this. classic. Wow. Yeah, one of the first images uh, of the Awoken. No. Um, yeah. So really trying to uh, get a sense of the you know space vampire. I think at that point we were trying to go for like what a what a space you know space elves space vampires. How do they feel? Um, you know, blue glowing skin and kind of you know white iridescent oh. hair, that kind of thing. Did you just say how do space elf vampires feel? Yeah. <laughs> just that, that, no, I mean that was the that was the original <laughs> direction. Like, can you know, uh, you know. Just exploring that idea, space elf vampires. I think, yeah. but actually, I do see like it. it but how do it they feel, feel, Fran? How do they feel? <laughs> they a normal conversation, too. Fran. I'm on getting a Monday. lot of yeah. emotion from her. And how do you feel uh, when you create one for yourself? This is going to define exactly. you. Yeah, yeah. That be- that is beautiful, though. I love yeah. this art. Yeah, like yeah. I actually I, personally like the Awoken aesthetic in the game. I'm like, eh, you know. But this looks so cool. Like, yeah. I get the elf vibe also kind of weirdly, the vampire vibe as well. Yeah, yeah. I am uh, – That Awoken was my first uh, class for Warlock and like – yeah, it is my favorite design of all of them probably. I don't know. There's something about the feeling. Yeah, when you mentioned Lord of the Rings, like I could see a little bit of that, you know, the inspiration. Um, I like the oh, just a, Well, and... fantasy is probably the better word. You can see the fantasy in the Awoken. Yeah. Uh, it's really – yeah, this is really cool art. Chris, yeah. did this come out about the same time as when you guys were releasing like the EXO sitting in the corner covered in oil or yep. alien yep. guts or whatever? Yeah, yep. I think cool. that was around, around the same time. Um, yeah, we wanted to make sure that like as with the classes, how there's a clear, distinct fantasy for, for each one of the classes, whether it's a, you know, tough, uh, um, space, you know, space knight kind of thing or, you know, the space marine versus the, um, you know, versus the space wizard, um, you know, the, the races, the player races were also just important to, to have very clear fantasies that, um, you know, that whether you're human, whether you're exotic and sort of a, um, you know, something that's like a, uh, an elf or, um, you know, a vampire, uh, you know, that comes from beyond and is uh, unknown, sort of magical, mystical, and then the very, very hard sci-fi kind of, uh, you know, robot exo. And this next Awoken concept pulls it in, I think, a little closer to home. Uh, this next vision is uh, Clicker Go. 
Clicker go. Clicker click not work. Clicker go. There you <laughs> oh, go. Oh, 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 too many spoilers. No, no. Spoilers. spoilers. We're still in Awoken territory, though. Shield your um, eyes. We're, uh, this, there you go. Yeah. Oh, wow. Nice. I haven't seen that before. Oh, that, talking about that painterly yeah. aesthetic for sure. Yeah. That's super cool. Is it, had they always, have, do all the Awoken designs, like, do they have, like, in most of them, it seems like their eye, the eyeballs, like the, the what's the colored part of your eye, the cornea? I can't remember. No. Iris. Yeah. The iris. iris, yeah. Like, they seem translucent. Here, they're very clearly like a nice blue. Yeah. Has that changed? Has it always been like that? I think we've always wanted them, them to be kind of glowy, you know, kind of mm-hmm. uh, uh, help, help them be self-illuminated um, and then have a variety of color choices, you know, within. So um, magical eyes, I guess, kind of cool. like any any space elf vampire should have. <laughs> yeah. So, next uh, you see uh, a familiar character, I think. Queen, right? Queen? Yeah. Rip. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're not sure about that, Des. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Never know. What's your name? Something Sarah? Yeah, this. A queen. Marasol. 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 There you go. Do, was, do you know if the Awoken, yeah, was it always rooted in like this? Uh, it's a little more dark and gothic, you know. Uh, the queen was it always that angle you know i don't know if we're going to see anything else with the woken but right now it's been yeah sort of the the female vampire you know goth so to speak <laughs> yeah a little i mean it's always been a little bit of that um the the woken were meant more to just be sort of alien and magical and uh, otherworldly the the story of the queen however and the the you know the woken who uh you know her story was about her kind of ruling over this uh um, group of you know beasts, basically the fallen. Um, so having to um, you know come to power uh, through uh, you know taking control of of you know fallen and, and using them uh, you know to, to sort of take over take over the reef, and that was sort of her hand in, in of power. Um, so th- that's sort of the story of the queen. Um, but they woke in and you know their true story and all of that. Um, you know, is much more just trying to play on the the fantasy of the. Um, you know, magical alien race. Um, so, very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I was speaking about concepts uh, about how long some of these took to kind of get right. And you know, we're talking about Zavala, for example. The Queen was one of those characters who I would say maybe went through a hundred different uh, you know costume designs and trying different. Oh, how wow. much is she like a um, you know like a queen and something more regal and wearing a full you know uh, gown for you know or you know, some that went much more about her as a warrior. And I think we, uh, you know, ended up more on the uh, outlaw kind of pirate, but still, you know, very iconic. Um, and so I think we we hit a nice, uh, you know, in between there where she feels like someone who would rule the reef, but also, um, you know, there's a, um, you know, she still has that awoken side to her. So yep. now, these my- are some great like visuals do you guys ever get to a point where you want to see them physically i know a lot of people like kit bashing and do that other stuff where they make them does do you guys do that and implement that to actually see it 360 yeah you mean and you mean in in like like physical model like actual or in in game models like we 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 definitely physical model yeah like we do um i mean we do a lot of uh at this point in in uh you know in in game and in engine like trying different looks and stuff to see how it feels three-dimensionally um we actually have done uh um, you know, built some uh, toys and stuff like that. Yep. That you know, there's a 
um, limited edition one we did for the studio of the Queen. Yeah. Um, but, but it's uh, not part of our creative process. Yeah. I don't see a lot of sculpture at Bungie. There are some things on display inside of our studio that people have sculpted. And I know some of our artists, right when I got here, went out and actually took a sculpting class just so they could learn to sort of conceive different types of anatomy or create different characters and think three-dimensionally, get away from the sketch pad, get away from the, you know, right. the design mm. tablet, and actually use their hands to create something in 3D space. But we don't tend to create figurines or models. Uh, usually it goes right from the concepting into the 3D design space. Right. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. It would be cool, though. If we had a shelf around here full of, you know, like <laughs> yeah. all the main characters yes. that we've been able to dream yeah. up. Yep. I say we very generously to myself right there. <laughs> yeah, because we've seen when you see them in person, it's crazy the detail that you get a chance when, uh, you know, you're holding them. Who did this one, Chris? <laughs> it's just an early uh, early sketch of, uh, you know, a quick sketch of the Queen's Guard. So this is what yeah. uh, um, kind of, uh, you know, Pet Revenge. Um, or you see a lot of these... Uh, um, these characters laying, uh, I think they're, uh, have been killed at the beginning of the House of Wolves prologue. Mm -hmm. um, so these are the, the Queen's Guard. Can I ask a quick question about emblems and uh, insignias? Now, I'm starting to see they're being used on some. Like, is that designed separately, or did some of these just kind of show up on, like, the Titan had, um, I forget which insignia it was mark. there, but yeah, the mark. Yep. Like, did that already exist, and then it gets put on them? And is that a completely different design process? It, I would say it's both. Like sometimes, for example, the Queen's uh, emblem that was something that was designed prior to this. Uh, you know that um, you know we we wanted we knew we wanted these different uh, factions of, of power um, in in the Destiny world, and we wanted to make sure that they had banners and flags and emblems and things we could use uh, in the UI itself for the game. And so right. um, you know we did a lot of the early uh, work on designing a whole suite of. Uh, logos and emblems like the different class, you know, the different class emblems and mm -hmm. future war cult and new monarchy <laughs> yeah. and that stuff. We had those, we had those designed and I think t-shirts and stuff yeah. like before we'd even announced yeah. the game. And so we were wearing those around <laughs> the studio. Um, there we, were players yeah. in our community who connected to Destiny before it was ever revealed officially because we had filed trademarks. Oh, on yeah. New Monarchy, yeah. Future War Cult, and Dead Orbit. And people, like, <laughs> faction lines were being drawn on our forum and in our community before, <laughs> before people had even seen the game. We had people who were, like, veteran members of our community, mythic members on Bungie.net, saying, Dead Orbit is the best orbit. It's like, you don't even know what you're talking about yet. <laughs> yeah. All you know is That's you like black though. more than red. Exactly. Yeah, they were right, Dead Orbit. Right, Deej. Yeah, Dead Orbit. New Monarchy for yeah. life. You don't gotta, I, I like you to gonna, ask you guys you every time I visit. But uh, I mean, about, also, uh, also when it comes down to eat, there's a lot of times where one of the concept artists or you know uh, are designing a, a piece of armor or a piece of gear, and they will also you know create an emblem or create something specific to that exotic piece or that specific cape. So it kind of goes both ways. But um, you know, it's something we uh, very early knew that symbology and these crests and symbols were going to be really important for Destiny, just because we wanted that. Uh, you know, that mythical kind of, you know, fantasy-like nature that, uh, you know, comes from, you know, great, great things like, you know, heroes having the, you know, the coat of arms on their, on their shield and stuff like that. That was going to be, that was going to be super important. So we did a lot of work. Or even going to Cosmodrome and seeing insignias from, uh, a now defunct Russian space agency and things right. like that. Yep. It just, it's so much, I remember, uh, Joe Cross putting a lot of work even into signage in the world art 
So as you moved your way through these spaces, there were like danger signs or elevator signs or Mm -hmm. just to make it feel like this is a place where people lived and worked and needed directions on how to get over there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. You you brought up the factions. When I visit you guys, I always ask you about Seven Seraphs. I have one of the shirts you gave us when we did the IGN first. Uh, At what point did you realize like, okay, we can't have all the factions that we pitched and you, you scale back a little bit? Well, some of that stuff wasn't even factions. It was just devices in the game, like we were saying with, you know, like the Russian Space Agency or, you know, the, the Seven Seraphs was, uh, the Seven Seraphs was a design element that we created. Um, really, you know, you know that as like the war mines now, you know, things like rescue, okay. oh, you awesome. know, and don't expect for there to be seven of them. Again, this is just sort of <laughs> our exploration. No, it's literal. Of it. You got to stop bringing this up, Destin. Every time yeah. I talk to you, you want to know about <laughs> the seven seraphs. You're going to have to, you're going to have to let go a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we did it. Really we like we knew we wanted to fill the Destiny universe with a lot of different ideas and, and characters. And so we did a lot of exploration about what those could be. But ultimately, like when it came down to, you know, what are the factions we want to be represented in the tower and what ones are important? Um, you know, we, we certainly picked, you know, picked from within that early exploration. So, yeah. um, so this almost looks like it's in engine. Oh yeah. Well, that's, uh, yeah, that's, you know, it's super, super cool concept that, uh, Jamie Just did. Stranger. Um, but ba- yeah, basically, a, a EXO, um, you know, exploring what I think was, this was the first one that really, um, uh, I think solidified kind of the look of the EXO and the in the face, um, you know, and, and brought all of the elements together of of, of the EXO mm-hmm. EXO characters um, that they would have, you know, interesting decals similar to tattoos on a you know human might have, but they they decorate their their uh, their heads with uh, you know different uh, colored decals and stuff. I have a design question for you: If the EXOs are like an AI machine race. Why does this one or any of them have either masculine or feminine features? Sure. So, um, like, how do you tackle something like that? Yeah, I, I mean, it, when it came down to like players creating a character, we wanted to make sure that they could create something that they like liked and identified with. So it was less about the, the you know the science of it than it was like, hey, I want to be able to choose you know, what gender I want to be and whether I want to be in a robot or a, um, you know, a space alien or those kind of things. So, um, you know, just, it's just a, you know, a natural choice for just kind of have that whole spectrum, uh, for mm. us. Yeah. Um, these are kind of, uh, um, yeah, war machines that have, uh, you know, consciousness, human or, well, consciousness is downloaded into them, I guess, is the, is the lore there. But, um, yeah, we just wanted to, have those choices for for people building a character. Um, hmm. um, we we're also exploring, uh, as you can see in the next one, just different variations of the oh, uh, cool. faces. That's super cool. Um, so you know, exos don't have hair, uh, so we wanted to find uh, you know alter you know things that were equivalent to hair that you could play uh, you know uh, play around with when you were doing creating your character. So uh, different fins or different attachments um, that could work you know in in the facial creator. Like how it's, how it's like the armor has its own face. Like there's like another set of eyes on the top of the set of eyes. It's, it's a certain kind of design. The most philosophical yeah. thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Though. We must go deeper. I, I mean, in the in the same way, in the same way, uh, you know, talking about like you know how how does the you know character you know gender for example here like you know why why does a robot need a mouth 
is a something we also, uh, you know, we're exploring. Uh, they really don't. Like, it could just be a speaker or whatever, but um, we wanted to make sure that there was, you know, when they were in a cinematic or a cutscene, that they could actually emote and have, you know, personality. Um, and so we built the, the mouth to have, you know, uh, some amount of motion, and there's a glowing light when they talk, but it also moves a little bit um, so that they could express themselves and show, uh, you know, if they were sad or angry or that kind of thing. So that was something we cool. uh, worked out, you know, early in the designs. So here's another. This is an earlier uh, uh, concept, Whoa. similar to the one before, but um, this is just playing around with uh, different permutations of, of exo helmets. Um, you know, exo faces, whether they had different tattoos or broken chunks or fins, mm -hmm. um, that kind of thing. So we could make sure there was enough personality and, you know, cool. It reminds me of Chappie. When did that movie come out? Uh, way later. <laughs> yeah. Are you the, sure? <laughs> the one on the, the far left, uh, that kind of almost made it in the final game, the spiky head uh, yeah. option, correct? Yep. Yep. I think there's a dam Isn't there, is there a damaged piece? There is a damaged yeah. piece. There's the damaged mm -hmm. piece too. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, this seemed like it translated fairly directly, so, yeah. Very cool. And on to now on to the bad guys. Ooh, nice. Oh, yes. All right. So we've clustered these together in the order in which you meet them in the game, so we can kind of recreate okay. our journey through uh, the gamut of alien baddies that you encounter in Destiny. Obviously, up first are uh, the four-eyed fallen. Yep. This is... This is the first sketch, um, you know, where we're really nailing the, the shape of the, the helmet and the head for the fallen. So, um, you see some, uh, uh, you know, line sketches around from different angles and then the kind of iconic, uh, downward kind of horn, uh, feel and the, and the stripe on the helmet from the, uh, you know, from the more finished sketch there. When, when you see that from a profile perspective, uh, the mask is, uh, it's really interesting visually. Uh, why why would you decide to alter it? Like, what? Why do you decide? Okay, that's not going to work. Is it a gameplay decision or? Um, I, you know, a lot of different things. You know, along along the way can can happen. Whether it's something you know when it's being modeled, um, you know, we may make some uh, different choices for you know uh, whether it's you know poly count or whether it's. Um, you know, once you finally see it with real textures and real geometry, um, you may just want to adjust it to be more readable from a distance. For example, if something's too detailed, you know, we want to make sure, um, you know, that when players are playing, normally things are on the screen. Uh, you know, there's a certain amount of number of pixels that they're, when they're, when they're actually, you know, aiming a gun. And so we may make adjust, adjustments to the um, readability of the shapes and the characters um, so that it reads well at a distance and stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, there's a lot of different factors factors that go into that it. That profile study is actually pretty well represented in uh, your next concept. And you, you can see also, even oh. that far back, the Fallen always had their, their trusty servitors. Yep, yep. Yeah, this is the, the <laughs> yeah. first concept with a, with a servitor. Um, and kind of the, yeah. um, you know, the... Yeah, the asymmetrical and the robe, sorry, the cloth, like a lot of tattered cloth, really trying to sell them as these scavengers that were out patrolling in their pirate ships and, uh, you know, scavenging for, for loot. The um, loss of nobility is my favorite thing about oh, yeah. the Fallen. You know, the fact that they might be traveling around in these dilapidated ships, but 
you know, they think they're, they still think they're better than you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was what the, I mean, the, the, the coolest part for me that that story of the, you know, the fallen were once these great houses and they still, uh, you know, allied themselves to them and called them, you know, had the house of wolves or the house yeah. of devils. Yeah. That was, um, that was a really cool backstory. I think that was super fun to play with from an art perspective. Um, but yeah, that they were scattered to the stars and now we're, you know, roaming, you know, looking for, looking for loot. Um, it's a fun, a fun back. They are very ominous looking. Of all the enemies, oh, yeah. I think they're the most ominous looking. Yeah. Right? They, they look cool. Yeah. Here you have the the first image oh, of the the catch, the the fallen catch. Oh. Yes. That's awesome. The, uh, the fallen walker disembarking in the distance. Yep. That's so cool. Wow, I haven't seen this one before. That's really, really awesome. You wanted unreleased concept art. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. Yep. We scraped this and clawed. Cool. Yeah, I was going to say, like, um, you know, when we were talking about Destiny a long time before it came out, I, I always heard a lot of, like, you know, Star Wars meets Halo meets, you know, whatever. Everyone had their own theories. I heard Star Wars a lot, but I was going to say looking through the art, I didn't really see as much in that as I did maybe in, well, really just your past works as well as, um, you know, I saw a little bit of maybe, like you said, the fantasy of something like Lord of the Rings. This one does have a little bit of that Tatooine. And, yeah, I was going to uh, say – so I, I like, though, that it has that, you know, it does deliver a little bit of that, you know, you get that sense of the future, but desolate future as well. Um, but it's really, really cool ship design, basically. Yeah, it was important that the, the, the fallen ship specifically, like, felt sleek and fast and like something that was a pirate would want that would, you know, get in and like, you know, take over a big, you know, in, you know, you know be able to outrun anything in the galaxy and that's why the, you know having that huge engine um on one side and the you know the sleek narrow um you know bow i think was um you know kind of do you guys um i wasn't saying i don't know if that came from bungie originally but do you guys ever work with like hey we love these things you know these worlds like lord of the rings and star wars and halo and etc and was that any of the just artists say hey you know, do you like that or do you let them draw on their own inspirations and try not to to say, hey, we want to draw from a little bit of this and that with originality, obviously? I mean, I, definitely both. I think that um, we start with a, a foundation. So when we're coming up with the art direction and, you know, early on, it's, you know, more of all over the place. But we kind of uh, narrow in and, and have specific references, whether it's, uh, you know, fine artists or movies or um, books and stuff that we uh, we will use as a constant touch point when we're talking to the artists or talking to anyone about the designs. So um, we have that common language, but each individual artist, and that's what's great, like the concept artists bring their own excitement and interpretation and bring their own references and, yeah. um, you know, and bring their own elements to it. So it's a very collaborative process. Cultural influences too. Yeah. Like Joe Cross has talked about the fact that Eris Morn was deeply inspired uh, for him by ninjas. So it's not necessarily somebody coming into a room and saying, okay, everybody, show me Star Wars meets Lord of the Rings. They draw from, you know, anything, anything, whether it's, whether it's real world or something they only read about and had to picture in their mind or, you know, it's just this big, huge stew of different inspirations and different influences. And when I first, uh, arrived, I got to just go into all the directories and as a Bungie fanboy to look through pages and pages of like resource material, mm -hmm. you know, or, um, you know, to see, uh, you know, there's like subreddits where people do nothing but post pictures of abandoned buildings because they look beautiful in their decay. And that stuff was being emailed around the studio because we were definitely thinking about, 
how do you do this thing where you build, I'm getting ahead of us here, how do you build a world that is in decay but still beautiful, you know, mm-hmm. where, where nature mm-hmm. is ascendant over man? And they were really sort of going through those explorations right when I arrived and got to sort of collectively eavesdrop on the entire group, which was fascinating mm-hmm. for me. But we'll, we'll touch on that again when we okay. uh, get deeper into the, uh, the world art because we still have Before more it... fallen concepts to look at. Oh, um, a, I, don't, I don't like this one. <laughs> it smells too creepy. Scary. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this is kind of playing up the a little bit of the spider mandible kind of, yeah. you know, the four-eyed. Predator kinda, angle. Terrifying. Yeah. I hate spiders. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, this is, a, um, this is the, I think, the final kind of face study um, that, we, that we settled on. Yeah. Face and face mask. Yep. <laughs> yep. Cool. It's cool. Uh, just, uh, I was gonna make reference to the previous image, but with this one as well, I'm assuming it might have been a fallen standing in front of the ship there. It's really awesome to see just that sense of scale and size of the catch versus it. And I think there's probably no better, uh, level than in Venus there when you actually are, you see it as you come around that corner and you're like, I wonder if I can go in this. And yeah. then you can and you're like, no way. And it turned into this, yeah, there's some crazy moments where you kind of see that sense of scale play out in the game. Yep. This is just another version of the. That's better. <laughs> <laughs> so is that what they look like when the the mass off? <laughs> yes. Once oh. upon a time, long, long ago, and uh, yeah. Cool. So now switching, uh, switching over to our other favorites, uh, the Vex. Ah, look ooh, at that. That's old. This is uh, yeah, the very, wow. very. I would say the first sketch that kind of uh, captured the 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 Vex. So this is. Um, you know, the idea of these marching, endless marching uh, machines that never stop, that have the kind of glowing eye in the center and these big, uh, almost, I don't know, dinosaur-like, you know, fins for, for heads. Um, just trying to really come up with something that was a unique silhouette that would stand out from the other races. Um, I think that one has a tail. Yeah, that was the, the one yeah. on the left. Yeah, I was going to say, it makes it very kind of like alien-esque. Yeah. Chris, uh, this is pretty different from the other concept art that you did that you showed us. Uh, wh- why did you decide to do it in this fashion versus just like with a pencil? Um, I think at this point, like, I mean, I was just doing a lot of sketches with just like a quick brush stroke kind of pen uh, style just because I, you know, I wanted to flesh out the sort of gesture of, of something um, just to get the, the overall shapes. And most of my, I, I tend to work more sketchy um, personally just to kind of get across the quick a quick idea. Um, some of the other concept artists are really, really good at, you know, painting things out and finishing them, but um, I tend to work more, you know, loosely just to get across the hmm. um, kind of sketchy ideas, you know, get, do a lot, a lot of different ideas quick, quickly, I yeah. think is kind of um, how I tend to work. And, so cool. And then you'll see, um, uh, this is another oh, one wow. that has... Uh, what is that in the background? Yeah. <laughs> It's like a, <laughs> a little bit like a, the... a little bit like an ogre almost, but you know. Some, yeah. From, yeah. I mean, uh, it gives high. like you were just talking about that sense of scale, right? Like that looks like Shadow of the Colossus <laughs> yeah. st- like size going on there. That's the beauty of concepting. Anything goes. Early musings, just let your brain stretch out in every direction. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, we still need to make a video game where a person goes in and shoots things. So mm-hmm. this all served <laughs> that in helping us to understand the world and where we might go and where these things might come from that we may never go. But mm-hmm. it just helps us understand these characters from every single dimension and every single angle. Mm-hmm. And at the you, same time, you went pretty also... big. Oryx was big. Yeah, yeah. Oryx was big. Yeah. Oh. 
Yeah, in terms of, again, like material that you had to work with around this time, like did you know then that it was, you know, Venus and Mars and or did you not even get there yet? And likewise, did you know they were time travelers and stuff like that? Or We knew we wanted Destiny to be in the solar system. Again, I'm using the word we very, very generally, uh, (laughs) generously, but I'm I'm sort of speaking for people that are uh, upstairs. But, I mean, we wanted Destiny to be relatable, not far flung on the other side of the galaxy the way you were, say, in Halo. It's, you know, and that was one of the things that excited me as a fan when I first came here is that would be awesome. Like, we're going to go to Mars, we're going to go to Venus. I mean, these are things where if if you grow up reading old Robert Heinlein novels, you think about going there and fighting there and then reading those novels with a 1990s sensibility, you're like, you can't breathe on Venus. So it's like, all right, let's, you know, <laughs> yeah. let's see what Bungie does with these worlds now. Yep. I mean, I think very early, the, I mean, the, before any, before any concepts were done at all about the Vex, like we had written down on a whiteboard time traveling robots. So, I mean, that yeah. was, that was the, you know, when we were looking at what would be the kind of, uh, combatants, like enemies that we want to fight in this world, it was like, you know, uh, spider em- pirates, em- spider pirates that are, you know, uh, uh, yeah, spider pirates, empire destroying or sun destroying empire War rhinos. Yeah. War rhinos or something <laughs> like that. It was, uh, um, I'm trying to think time traveling robots, space zombies. Yeah. Space zombies, yeah. A, a royal, <laughs> uh, royal undead or, you know, um, yeah. something like that. Okay, so yeah, you had words and adjectives. Yeah, to work yeah, with. and yep. that's just like the first thing you know. The first thing somebody says, you know, like time traveling robots. Yep. You know, but if you've delved into the lore of uh, the hive, you know, if if you've read your books, if you will, if you've poured through that grimoire, uh, you understand that we've fleshed out. The writing team comes in and they add volumes of context and detail to these things later, which is why, uh, to Barrett's point earlier, we have placeholder names for these things, and then the writing team comes in and they sort of unify it as part of the same world, as part of the same franchise. Uh, but, you know, you got to take baby steps. you got to start somewhere, and that's what this is all about. I think that tends yeah, to kind amazing. of summarize where we do a lot of our concept work or a lot of our even... Even gameplay, I would say, like we know how we want something to feel, like what our target is, like we want them to feel like these, uh, you know, time traveling robots, and we have a certain idea in our head, and then we work sort of backwards from there and and work out the details that support that feeling, so we don't lose track of where we were originally trying to uh, come across, as opposed to saying starting, you know, with writing a whole backstory and then trying to figure out what that might look like. So we almost tend to work. Very right. viscerally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Although, and then every once in a while, somebody says, "Red Death." Right. Sure. Design a weapon for me that looks like Red Death because I really just want a <laughs> weapon in our game to have the name there. Red Death. Like I remember that <laughs> yeah. story was told to me, and sure, I was like, yeah. "It's a good place to start as any." <laughs> yep. Awesome. Cool. There we go. Yeah. But now it's a little more fleshed out. You have a clearer picture. And this is uh, this is the uh, combatants. You know, the the Vex, the versions that you saw in the future and the in the past and the. Uh, in the vault of glass and so mm-hmm. um, you know we wanted to have distinct style that could kind of communicate uh, you know a difference in uh, you know time period for them so I mean I'll just flip back and forth real quick but you can see the difference between the the sleek kind of futuristic um, look and the you know something that looks a little more aged so we're looking at material we're looking at uh, designs uh, the overall shape language um, you know to kind of like tell that, that story. That's cool. You're right, it's kind of like retro. 
<laughs> a little bit off topic, but uh, the sound design, obviously, as soon as I see these images, I, yeah, I get these. You can hear the Vex. Yeah, yeah I can hear I the hear Vex the sound in my anim- mind. I see the animation. Yeah, especially yeah. thinking, yeah, Vault and all that stuff. Is there any sort of you know feeling that goes into that when you're looking at the concept going, these enemies are going to sound a certain way and move a certain way? And Did you watch the audio team Vidoc that we released? Uh, it was last year, but there's a great portion where you see them go into uh, an industrial plant and there's all these heavy machinery, yes. you know, and these big mechanical like sounds. pieces that move back and forth. And they were yes. recording a lot of those sounds. And then, of course, obviously, you know, they come back and that stuff gets modulated and layered on with all sorts of different effects. But, yep. I mean, obviously, they're mechanical in nature. So uh, in terms of the inspirations or, you know, in terms of specific direction, do you, do you give the audio team cues based on your art? Um, I mean... I, th- I think we talk about some of the ideas behind um, them, you know, like, for example, that, you know, they're time traveling or we don't want them to, you know, just be purely machines. Like they actually have some biological elements or they have a fluid inside them, you know, which is their, uh, you know, their their weak spot. Um, and so we, we talk about some of those ideas about, you know, their, their early uh, inception and, you know, what we were thinking with the concept and then they'll, you yeah. know, take that and kind of work with it yeah. um, and, and, you know, take their own spin on it. But, you know, They've they those that team does an incredible job. They with, do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give them the bringing freedom. those characters alive for yeah. sure. Give them the freedom to discover and inter- iterate. I remember um, Luke Smith telling an interesting story about you know there are so many um, audio cues that are important player feedback in the Vault of Glass. When you think about playing through that first raid, there are so many things where it would listen, listen. Okay, that means we have to do this or that. You know, like even <laughs> like you yeah. know the oracles and stuff. And I remember Luke telling me that, you know, he goes to somebody and he says, okay, here's what I want to accomplish. Here's what I want to have the happen to the player. So do the good version of this, you know? And you basically <laughs> state your goal. You state what you want to have happen and then say, go do whatever you want to do because you're good at what you do and I'm good at what I do. And that's one of the really interesting things about Bungie is uh, the, the specialists, you know, the people that, that just to, you know, listen to people talk about the very specific things that they contribute to, uh, you know, the all-up creative process. It just made me, I was just thinking about the, the early Vex concepts, and um, we had uh, explored the Vex having a tail. I mentioned that earlier, and, like, that was something that actually took some uh, internal convert. Like, people were like, robots don't have tails? What are you talking about? And, uh, you know, it was important to, um, you know, selling the idea that these weren't just machines. These were creatures. Yeah. Um, these had backstory. They had lore. They had... Uh, you know, fiction uh, that that was deeper than that, and so they were yeah creatures. They were real characters that had a whole yeah. society behind them. And so, Dinobots that, that have tails. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Grimlocks have tails. <laughs> Wait, one of the one of the versions did get a tail in the end, didn't it? Vex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I swore so. I remembered seeing one with a tail. Maybe I'm imagining it at this point. Yeah, oh, hobgoblins yeah. have tail, don't they? Now that we've seen it, it just yeah. makes sense. I think hobgoblins <laughs> have tails. But anyway, also the the harpies also, um, you know, they flail out with those different. uh, That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, Yeah. the harpies. Tendrils. Closest to. Oh, that was the worst sound ever when those things are about to explode. No, when they see you. (laughs) Uh oh. (laughs) Yeah. So enough about the vex. Yep. Up next. The cabal. Oh man! Whoa! This seems like a lot of variation. (laughs) This is just a silhouette, right? Yeah. This is just an early study of different shapes. Um, you know, trying to get the big thunderous, uh, you know, heavy armor, uh, quality that, the, you know, the, that was important for the cabal. And so these are just different ways that, that uh, could play out when you see even some, uh, big, 
riot looking shields and stuff at this point early in the concept the which phalanx. yeah the phalanx uh, which you people... called these guys the empire at the time huh it says empire soldier at the top of that concept does it i no, don't really? yeah. yeah i was going to clip it out but then i thought ah that's an interesting story yeah so. yeah i mean the <laughs> i think uh, many of the um races had different you know variation we went through different names for them along the way but they all kind of uh, have a similar vibe it's like they were meant to be the most technologically advanced of the races. They had a big galactic civilization from beyond the stars and were coming here in their massive warships. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, Empire, Cabal, um, you know, Imperial, you yeah. know. All, They're the professional military. Yeah, exactly. They're no. spoiled. That's <laughs> what you're saying. They're spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> they had all the good stuff. Why the, the poor fallen. <laughs> yeah. They had to go play around in a field of rusty cars and pick <laughs> no, stuff no. up. <laughs> Um, and so, so, did you? Oh, did I go too early to the? Uh, is this the Rhino? Yeah, that's very. Oh, I, love this. <laughs> I love this. This is a this is a concept artist that's taking so the uh, direction maybe a little too literally or having a little fun with it. <laughs> Just having a little fun with it. You can see a little bird uh, on the shoulder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's this, perfect. This is, yeah, it's awesome. It I, it. I love yeah, this it's one. like almost more like a jungle creature. Yeah. <laughs> Ship it. I want to see it in game. <laughs> it's cool to see like some of these other ideas. It's still got that big charging element, you know. Um, but then there's something about this model that makes it seem like if that was running after you, it would not. It could not catch you. <laughs> How little its legs are. Yep. Yeah. Have you played against the ball, Sean? It, it would definitely be, will get after you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The ones that are in the game, but this yeah. looks like it would waddle after. You. They don't. But they don't. They don't run. They jump. They it's jump. Yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. They got the jump jets. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this next concept is not safe for work. So if you right. have okay. any of your younger audience members, they should just, like, mm-hmm. minimize their screen window and just listen. I'm sure they will. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Parents at home listening, like, good. Fine. <laughs> what do you- so this is the cabal without their armor on. Uh, when they're, uh, yeah, sitting in their, uh, uh, oil baths or whatever, whatever, whatever they do. <laughs> their birthday it's like suit. A mutant frog. Ugly little buggers. Yeah, Chilling the- in their siege tanks. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it, it's it's important for us when we're doing concept to understand what they do look like underneath their armor, so that we can uh, make sure that uh, yeah, we we just understand everything we can about the about the characters. So um, mm-hmm. this is this is uh, taking the idea of a rhino, you know, where we started and kind of making it something unique that had a unique language and a unique face that was um, you know that that was specific to destiny. Mm. But it still captures that beastly kind of heavy, um, uh, you know, language that a, that a rhino does. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's dress him up. Yep. <laughs> there we go. Much better. Teeth. My favorite Clothing. thing about this is the uh, what are those like those those little pips that he has on his? Uh, is that are those like kills that he made, or is that a rank insignia? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't know how many baths he's taken this century. Or not Rex. <laughs> This this armor is very uh, clean, I guess, compared to the red sets that we see in game. Uh, when did you decide to uh, change it up a little bit? Um, you were just saying like the the cabal armor is more more uh, dingy or you know dirty. Is that is that what you mean? Yeah, like they've actually seen battle when we fight them in game. Is this just like what they would look like if they were at a ceremony or something? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is when they first. Yeah, when they first get their suits. Um, straight out, of, straight out of boot camp. Yeah. yeah. For us, look at these cadets. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Once you're on Mars for 20 years, they tend to, you know, get dinged up a little bit and, you know, co- covered in oil. 
uh, that kind of thing. The dude on the right smiling. It reminds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me. Of, All right, get ready for your photo. Yeah. It reminds me of Gordon Freeman's armor a little bit from Half Life. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's oh, yeah. Just, yeah, just the you of Gordon Freeman. <laughs> no, it's kind of that orange, uh, orange symbol down below too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Figured it. Wishful thinking, Sean is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is just another another study of the the mm. cabal. Um, kind of exploring different ideas of their of their armor, but getting across the military insignia on their on their uh, shoulder. Um, the key thing that you see throughout the different explorations, even from the very early the black and white sketches that I showed a minute ago, is they all have that. Uh, you almost don't see the distinction between their shoulders and their head. Like it's almost like <laughs> a giant beetle or a giant. Um, you know, so. Um, we wanted to make sure that that silhouette was very distinct and clear, kind of sold the idea of them in this hulking armor, um, this just massive bulk that's kind of charging at you. Mm. Oh. And then we move along to We've Awoken the Hive. Oh, oh wow. Awoken the Hive. Favorite baddie. Ooh. That looks so that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, different. It's, it's like so an, different than the. Yeah, it's like yeah. an infrared. It's not like a silhouette, really. That's cool. This was trying to make, you know, something that felt more, you know, godlike, spectral, you know, uh, you know, worthy of a, a boss to, you know, fight. How do we take the the look and feel of a knight and like dial it up by a thousand and uh, make it look like it's imbued with the power of ancient, you know, uh, you know magics? I guess. I think we all have that one enemy in Destiny where when it shows up, you stop everything you're doing, you pull your heavy, yeah. you know, you load it up, and you're like, I want this dead first next, and this next concept yeah. is what it is for me. Uh, anytime, yeah. Oh, any, yeah. Anytime oh, the wizards show up, and it's like, I'm stopping Second. everything I'm doing. Everyone can yeah. take, a, take a minute because I need to get this off the... I, maybe it's... Uh, Maybe it's like flashbacks or emotional scars from that Prison of Elders stream. I don't know, but that <laughs> was it. Was grinding Omnigal to, uh, yeah, to get, yeah. get grass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the dress there, it almost looks like it has other, I don't know, tendrils or something. Look at a tattered dress. I think is always uh, you're seeing the blood. Yeah. Maybe it almost is that supposed to be blood or just oh well, or red paint? I think. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. The look of hey, hey, hits, savage. Hit our target uh, rating. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's it's tie dye. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's space tie dye. Yeah. It's just fiesta. I see. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, this was just the, you know similarly to the other one. Like you know, how do we take the base um, you know wizard character and uh, you know dial it up and, and make it something that feels like a uh, a unique character or a unique named character with more intricate armor. Um, that, that stands out from the other ones. Yeah. So. I've always wondered if, and you said you studied the anatomy, if they were to land on the ground, do they have legs under there? Or is it like they're just floating torso? <laughs> uh, they, the early versions of, <laughs> of them did have legs and, and feet. Oh, really? Yeah, and we just thought it was like cool and kind of creepy to have the more billowy, um, you know, yeah. wispy, um, you know, dress or, you know, a cloak hanging. Um, I think they probably have <laughs> legs under there yeah probably or, <laughs> you know or it's just really kind of them. almost like a genie you know goes into you know magic or something like that <laughs> yeah 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 they could use them if they need them i see yeah sure yeah where's the where's the concept art of the wiz of the wizards just kind of chilling like sitting down like <laughs> oh another day yeah. <laughs> yeah on the dreadnought yeah yep 
Oh yeah. Oh, oh whoa, that cool. guy. That's awesome. Dad. <laughs> Dad. <laughs> no, there, there is Oryx. Um, the, uh, you know, it, it was again here. It's really important to like, you know, come up with a unique, uh, you know, shape and shape language. I'm playing off of a knight, I think, but like, what is the biggest, baddest, most awful, you know, knight, uh, you know, look like? And so, giving him a giant sword and having this huge billowing cloak and, um, you know, a really iconic headdress. Uh, was important. The other thing we were playing with, which you can see from the back, is uh, there's this lore with the hive that's sort of wrapped up with moths and worms and stuff like that, sort of the insect side of them. Um, and so we were exploring and looking at uh, moth wings and, and uh, you know, the, the, des- the cool intricate designs that are on the back, you know, on moth wings and bringing that into uh, the design of Orcs's cloak. Um, so you see that's that here. super cool. Yeah, I was gonna say, awesome. did that did that is that part of the head shape, like a wings shape? Is that the inspiration, or it's just uh, maybe? A, a little bit? Yeah, I mean, just just all of those insectoid kind of uh, qualities are, are are you know references. Mantis head. The, or, yeah, exactly. Yep. I always saw a crown. I mean, he is the Taken yeah. King after all. Yeah. So I just saw the <laughs> the ornate. It's like the, the worse the enemies get, the bigger their heads. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Destiny 2 final boss, just a giant head. Yeah, <laughs> floating head. Yep. Zordon. Um, ne- next up we have an Iron oh. Lord. Um, this is from uh, a, most mutated recent, oh, yeah. a mutated Iron oh, Lord. Yes. Uh, yes. Most recently from yeah Rise of Iron. So, um, See if it'll mess you up. It yeah. will. <laughs> Yikes. So we're about halfway through this. Yep. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. This is yeah, only we half. let you guys keep yep. driving. So then. we should probably... <laughs> take more of a sprint through uh, the world art because we've okay. got a lot of world art and okay. uh, we okay. know you guys have other things that you need to talk about and we got yeah. games to make upstairs so we're going to take <laughs> a, a running tour through the worlds of destiny All right, for the rest of our time with you cool. got it worlds. building better worlds. worlds so you'd asked before what was the uh, code name mm. uh, we have project destiny but uh, when we were out in the wild at lunch or shopping for things uh, we were to, instructed to call it Project Tiger. Mm-hmm. So it was Tiger this and Tiger that. And um, this was uh, a this portion the, of... This is the version without the tiger in it. This is the it. version without the tiger in it. But this, <laughs> Which does not help your point. No, it does, not, uh, it does not at all. But there was, a, uh, there was a version of this painting that had a tiger in it. And this was, I think, what I was told. <laughs> I the first time people kind of looked at a piece of concept art and said, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's where we want to go. That's yep. what we want to make. Yep. So this was bringing together all of the elements that we, we knew we wanted. So landing on a strange planet with a group of friends staring off into the distance for a possible adventure. You have a mixture of, uh, you know, sci-fi elements and fantasy. So you have the, the cloak or cape that's drenched over the, um, the guy's shoulder that has a, you know, a cre- royal crest on it. That um, you have a, a ship, you know, the personal ship in the back, um, you know, that, that, uh, players would also have and use to land and have, might have their gear in it. And so that was kind of summing uh, all of that up into, you know, really capturing what we wanted Destiny to feel like. And the other version, which we, do, you know, don't have here, um, which I'm sure, I think you can find online probably, um, or we had in the Art of Destiny book, I think it's in there, yeah, but yeah. Um, they had a version of a white tiger. Um, and the point there was really just we wanted Destiny to be a world that you could have a pet or a tiger, you know, or something that could exist. And so, yeah, that was the, um, yeah, that, that became so cool. the code name for the project prior to Destiny. And then uh, we also, I remember this very vividly from uh, 
the GDC presentation that you gave. Oh. Uh, different explorations of what the Traveler was and what does the Traveler look like. Yeah, I went through many, many different versions. So at one point it was like a, a big spaceship. Um, you know, how, how was it, you know, there are versions where it was like right down on Earth, you know, ones that were more in space. And so, um, you know, we really just wanted something that felt big and iconic, um, you know, and, and you know, we landed on the spherical shape, of, you know, pretty, mm-hmm. um, you know, pretty late. I mean, it took a lot of different iterations, but once we kind of saw the, the simple iconic nature um, of the... Of the spherical shape, but kind of, kind of hit hit on it for us, and then you see like, I mean, because it it kind of evokes the quality of a a moon, or you know, I think that's one one element of it that's really cool. But it also there, this, there's something perfect about a sphere that is cool as well. It almost looks like an egg in a nest there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Attached itself. That's cool. Yeah, and the next concept shows uh, some of the earlier visions of. You know, the fact that mankind builds a city underneath this. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, some of the early discussions about, like, the concentric rings of the walls having been rebuilt and reformed over time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, under the safety of the traveler. Under the safety of the traveler. And then one of our first views of the actual wall on the tower. Yeah. Home yeah. to every guardian. That's Looks familiar. The wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's some explorations here, a couple different ones of uh, what the actual tower looks like. So um, this is that seems pretty dead on. <laughs> yeah, no. So yeah, the next one shows a different exactly. variation of it, but yeah, this is the uh, where the where the tower ended up from from the back view. I think you see this in the uh, one of the opening cinematic, or one of the first you know early cinematics in in Destiny. Um, and this is just a different version here, where uh, you know it was a little more open, a little more exposed. That's awesome. Interesting. And then once you get up inside the tower, we all uh, yes. there you go. Yeah, oh. we all remember the speakers. Uh, speakers. Apparatus. Yeah, yeah. measuring device or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, so, and such. Use it to make emblems. <laughs> <laughs> this was one of those things that um, our one of our concept artists, Jesse, who's incredibly talented, he actually, just to build the idea of the concept, he went into 3D and built this entire thing. And, you know, did all of the animation for it. And it's, inc- it's like one of the most, uh, you know, complicated, like, rigs that, you know, like, we had to get, like, technical artists to come understand what he had done. Like, he had, he had built this crazy contraption. And so it was just one of those moments where, you know, one of the concept artists just had this cool idea that he wanted to see in the game. And he built it. And then that ended up being uh, part of, um, you know, part of the game world. And so, we, you know, we're like, we have to have that in the game. So yeah. that, was, that, was, that was fun. So this next piece has been floating around the studio for a long time. It took us a long time to finally get wolves <laughs> yeah. in the game. But for the longest uh, yeah. time, yep. people in the studio are like, oh, I want to have pet wolves yep. just chilling in the tower. <laughs> and finally, yep. uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's intended to be Lord Saladin, but you can see a lot of the elements there, like, you know, sort of the... The, the the fur throw over his shoulders and and chilling with his chilling with his bros there his canine bros. <laughs> Next I mean, slide, we'll look at the beards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but I mean this this speaks to the you know the always trying to play that mixture of you know sci-fi and fantasy, um, and I think you know there's something cool about you know someone sitting on a more sci-fi throne with a you know a pack of wolves around them. Nature. Uh, so. Cool. This is a, 
a shot of what it might look like in the in the city, the last city itself, like down below, okay. um, beneath the beneath the tower. Um, you know, where you have a you know these kind of old feeling buildings. You have this uh, strange you know skybox in the distance, um, but you have people with you know you have the uh, the feeling of an old market. You know, but but mm-hmm. it's in the future. It's sort of that um, you know slightly apocalyptic, slightly um, you know. Um, but still hopeful at the same time. There's people, there's community, there's people selling stuff. Something to fight for. Yeah. yeah. And it's not ne- necessarily comes from a place of wanting to send the player to that environment, but just for our own purposes, to understand what is this moment in time for humanity? What are we fighting to defend? Mm-hmm. You know, looking at the world that we're building from every different angle so that as we build it out, it makes sense to itself. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then this next one really speaks to the essential player experience. There's mm-hmm. treasure, there's guns, there's mystery, there's intrigue. Yep. Uh, what else were you looking to convey with this? So, like, in, in any good game, you want stuff to get and buy and collect and all that stuff, and so Destiny needed the equivalent of gold. Like, what was gold going to be? Like, what was the what was the currency? What was the thing you were going to bust open the, you know, giant hive wizard's, you know, doors and uh, find its treasure trove? What was going to be in there? And so this was the uh, first shot where we kind of tried to take all of those elements and put them together and you know so you have the glowing gems that are you know like that feel like gold like you want to like run over and and scoop those up because they look valuable and magical um, but also like you know different artifacts and weapons and um, you know strange things that the aliens had collected that had powers imbued with them so um, you know figuring out what what loot looked like in in destiny was um, sort of, you know, super important. As gamers, we do love shiny objects. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And so this is just another example of just, you know, making, you know, we wanted to, you know, what does a treasure room in, in Destiny look like? And so this was a exploration of that. Very can, early on. Yeah. This is prior to the gold being blue. So, you know, this is, this is, you know, literal gold. Um, but, um, you know, imagine this with, uh, uh, glowing gems, and you have uh, something similar to the Prison of Elders. Uh, yeah, you know the the, the the you know the stat the gold the treasure room treasure room at the end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is this piece Charlemagne's Vault? Is that the name of this piece of art? I thought that's what it was referred to way back. Way back, maybe that's right? Again, again, and this was you know our earliest explorations of you know the feel. I mean, you look at those characters yeah. and you think those those feel like guardians to you. Right. Uh, this wasn't really representative of the player experience. This was more us trying to figure out in what world will this game take place. Uh, and this is always an interesting conversation with our community when we open up our reams of art. Because a lot of times if you daydream out loud, if you you know, sort of show your aspirations to people, uh, you know, they can be taken as promises. But we do like to... You know, we do like to socialize, you know, the players who are really invested in the creativity and the art. We like to welcome them into our process and show them this is how we think and this is how we work. So, you know, from time to time, it makes the expectation setting game a little interesting. But this is how you make a game is you you dream big and then you scale it onto a disc. Yeah. I mean, this was, yeah, like you said, this isn't any real location in the game. It really was. Uh, what would it feel like with a group of friends who had guns and assault rifles or whatever, <laughs> busting down the door and going into a room filled with gold and treasures. Like, does that okay. feel right? Is that, yeah. and, you know, very quickly we were like, that feels awesome. That is the game we want to make. <laughs> yeah. um, and the so, closest you can get to this in game, I mean, I think we did get here with uh, Prison of Elders, yep. or we did get here yep. with the lighthouse to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, yeah. We, um, and that's the thing about a concept artist's life is, 
the things that they create may take years to actually make it into a build of the game. And we knew that we were going to be expanding this adventure out over the course of many different iterations, many different expansions, and mm-hmm. some other things that Destin's trying to get, going to try to get us to answer questions about. <laughs> <laughs> so when we leave the relative safety of the tower and we go out into the wild, we can see obviously, uh, sort of, sort of the bones or the seeds of the Cosmodrome here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some, uh, Old war machines that are covered in grass and rusted, and so um, one of the one of the, I think you mentioned it earlier, but the nature ascendant over humanity was kind of a um, you know a defining kind of pillar for us as far as a thematic statement um, that uh, you know relics you know history had moved on and like stuff from our past um, you know nature had kind of taken them back over whether yeah. it's buildings or old war machines that. You know, people might not even know what they were, you know, for or whatever. Warlocks, warlocks might have, uh, you know, stories about, you know, how these things, used to, you know, used to be used in old wars or something before the collapse. Um, but that was sort of an important uh, feel. And, and apocalyptic, uh, you know, a, a, the apocalyptic aesthetic can, you know, vary. Like sometimes it can be very grim and gray and kind of dark. And this was us wanting to make sure it felt beautiful um, at, at the same time, and so there was, you know, grass and blue skies and all of that um, on Happy top birds. of the rust and the, you know, decay. So, this is a little bit more grim. This is uh, an interesting shot for me because the collapse of the golden age wasn't just all about our gadgets and our buildings going dark. Like the oceans receded, the continents shifted, the planet completely changed after the collapse of the golden age, which thematically kind of frees us up from having to be very literal about where things are happening because where isn't even really a constant anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like we wanted to make sure our, you know these explorations of different places we potentially could go um, were interesting and surprising. And so when you put a ship in the middle of a desert, like there's a story there. Like what happened? How did that get there? You know what happened to the Earth? What who was who? You know what happened to that ship? What is inside there? I want to find out. So um, yeah, this is just us exploring those juxtapositions. Um, yeah. That's again something that in Rise of Iron you get to go inside that ship, but yep. it took us a while to get there. Yep. Uh-huh. So here we have uh, uh, an exploration of the moon, uh, the moon base, and the hive having, uh, you know, having a giant ship that's landed or crashed um, on the moon. And so um, the, we actually took this version and ended up burying it in the ground. Uh, we thought that would be uh, that would be pretty cool if the hive were actually had built an empire or starting to build a new kingdom under the moon, yeah. and you didn't see it at first. Like you know, you th- you know, you first landed on the moon and you saw the remnants of the um, you know the golden age and some of the buildings that humans had built, and then slowly we reveal um, this. So like we reveal the hell mouth and yeah. we see that yeah. that they they're building underneath, and so we thought that was a cooler. Um, a cooler reveal. Better a hell mouth than a hell tunnel, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hell mouth is very cool, yeah. yeah. Cool cool name, cool execution. Yep. And then we'll leave uh, the moon and we'll go to Venus. Mm-hmm. This is the shot you were talking about uh, earlier, I oh, think, wow. of yeah. rounding the corner and seeing the catch. That sense yeah. of scale. And the blue lava. The blue lava, just to let you know, you're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So inside the caldera. Uh, the volcano, the big uh, volcano. Yeah. And there's interesting juxtapositions where you have fallen architecture, or at least fallen geometry on Venus, and then the next concept is Vex. Mm-hmm. 
So even though the, the mm. planet is oh, alien, man. there's even further alien influences on that planet. Mm-hmm. That Vex architecture looks so cool. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we really wanted to get the, across the feel of, like, almost that they built, uh, like, what... If if ants were m- machines, what kind of things would they build? Yeah. So they just build these like huge, you know, strange sculptural kind of ant hills out of out of blocks. Like yeah. so, um, you know, kind of combining all of those different ideas ant together. Colonies. It does remind me actually. Have you seen those things where like they'll pull they'll pour like molten lead into an ant colony, oh, yeah. and then dig in and yeah. pull what you know pull this weird structure out? It actually looks a lot like that. Do they warn the ants oh, first? Yeah. Do they? Like, no, they don't. They don't give them an eviction notice or anything. They're just like, here you go. It's going to be hot. <laughs> Coming in hot, you little bastards. So mean. Yeah. Well, you know, that's us. It's amazing the traveler that's picked the us sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> um, anyway, so. Yeah, this is another um, shot oh, of uh, exploring the atmosphere, the, the, the color, the tone of, mm-hmm. uh, of Venus. And these, the trench work there. Maybe some mm. early ideas that led to uh, black garden imagery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same thing here. Just exploring what's the what's the foliage like? What is the um, what does the sky feel like? Yeah. Um, how do we make it um, alien but still relatable and still? Um, I think generally the, the the direction we took with most of the the planets, certainly the inner planets that you go to, is you know there's sort of ideas in pop culture from you know whether it's books, you know pulp fic- science fiction books and the you know, early days, you know, stuff like that. We wanted to play on some of those ideas those, uh, that, that players or people might have already and yeah. kind of dial them up. Venus so. is green, Mars is red. Yeah, yeah, ex- is yeah, exactly. Or there might, you know, are there swamps and, you know, forests? One, were there once, you know, forests on, on Venus or, yeah. um, you know, uh, that kind of thing, big red sand dunes and stuff like that. So. And then the Academy. Oh, yeah, yep. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what, uh, you know, we really wanted to make this sell the idea of this was a place of, you know, human learning. And yeah. so what better way to do that than a massive, you know, library filled with a million uh, Golden Age books. But the Fallen came in and destroyed it. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> and then uh, this next, to a, to a seasoned Destiny veteran, mm-hmm. this needs no introduction. Is this the entrance to the prison of elders? This yep. is this is the entrance to the vault of glass. It's vault, yep. yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. It's a lot bigger. Yeah. It's circular. Yeah. I said vault. So okay. I, well, all that ornateness in the center and uh, just yeah. the bottom. You know. Yep. This is the one that so has all the different iconic. like uh, I got the, rotating I got plates wrong. that open up. I thought it was a lot yeah. smaller than. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It is. Everybody else just saw a door in a hallway. <laughs> all about that door yeah that is really yeah the vault door is so cool i mean it's so ornate um and iconic to your point oh yeah Yeah. but yeah this is different than it turned out yeah that was in like the side of uh i don't know looks like maybe a building whereas it ended up in the side of a i guess a mountain or something yep yep and then we arrive finally at mars Mm -hmm. oh wow this is vastly different Yeah. yeah yep but yeah, we went through a lot of different iteration of you know color palette and tone, and what are the what are the structures look like there? Um, yeah, and this is one of the the early takes. 
heavy, heavy industry. Mm-hmm. That actually, mm-hmm. that looks that looks like Doom concept art almost. Yeah, 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 yeah just about. But the next Maybe concept, I think to... you'll you'll definitely recognize the buried city in this next concept. So that's the Mars yeah. and Destiny that we know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can see the broken biodomes. You can see skyscrapers reaching up out of the sand. This was. Um, Personally, always one of my favorite, my, my favorite destination, just because, uh, you know, before sparrow racing, this was the best place to go do sparrow <laughs> tricks off the dunes. And, yeah. You yeah. <laughs> and you just had this naturally formed, you know, ring. You could just drive all the way around again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the sense of scale on Mars was such a big piece of that because you could see so far and, and it was huge too. It was just huge. I just love, I mean, I love the idea of, you know, a, a city buried in sand that you get to go in and explore i mean that's such a such a cool fantasy I, you know i think that's what yeah, mars is one of my favorites for that reason cool. and then we switch to the hive um, so is this specifically dreadnought or was this just any hive space i think this was hive architecture this is what it might be like inside a hive environment like where we're kind of selling the feeling of uh you know a tomb an ancient tomb um you know definitely the more f- fantasy uh, leaning of the of the races, but um, you know we also reminds wanted... me of the big hallway entrance to like uh, not Oryx Crota, you know, yeah, in the dark beginning below. there where the yeah. bridges, the bridge, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah exactly, yep. very, the light yeah, there. absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now this next one, however, feels very much like Dreadnought to me. Yeah, yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Maybe a touch, a touch more organic. <laughs> All the different things you can find. Yeah. yeah, there are some something blooming in the foreground there, and the dreadnought felt very dead. Yeah, dead for millennia, even right. But <laughs> even even with the hive, we know like we wanted to bring uh, you know some elements of detail and stuff that was growing to give that organic quality. We didn't want it to just be a metal spaceship, or you know, the, so um, you know where where elements of their their ships almost feel like they're organic or made of bone, and mm-hmm. or you know, and there's almost barnacles. Uh, yeah, you know that that kind of cover the the spaces, and that's really to kind of evoke the. I, I, I think uh, uh, some of the artists make fun of me when I when I kept telling them I was like, make it look more underwater, make it look more. <laughs> yeah, but, I, but but literally, I wanted the the hive to feel like a, 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 you know, a sunken ship that was slowly floating through space, um, mm. and so you had you know something that had been. Uh, buried at sea for thousands of years. It had barnacles growing on it. It had treasure. It had, um, you know, undead inside it. So they were basically like, yeah, underwater uh, tombs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's funny that you say that. I never thought of it that way. And now that you say it, I will never unsee that. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's yeah. so perfect. It, it turned out that way. Deep, yeah, like deep sea, the chasms of deep sea. It has that feel. Like a nightmare Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exa- absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And so even their, even their ships aren't meant to go fast. Like their ships are just, they move, you know, they live for millions of years. Why bother going, you know, or whatever the hive are undead. <laughs> Why are you in such you a know, hurry? They're, they're, you know, they, they don't die. Yeah, so. Well, that's all the art that we brought. Wow. Nice. Oh, that was fantastic. Yeah. Thank yeah, you so yeah. much. That's so cool to get a like glimpse back into the old versions and old aesthetics that you guys were thinking of while you were coming up with the game. Yeah, thank you for sharing. And I know the community uh, will be so excited to see this. You know, I know it's many years ago for you guys now, but um, it's just always awesome to look back at the inspirations and see how much has changed. Um, so thanks for Or sharing. what hasn't changed. Yeah, and mm-hmm. those stuff that has not. Definitely. So while we have you, we have <laughs> to ask about the future, though. <laughs> Is there anything you can tell us? So back in February, you said Destiny 2, full sequel, in 2017, 
anything you can tell us about uh, looking forward? Uh, we're uh, we're focused on doing amazing things for the players of Destiny to play in the future. Uh, there will come a time where we feel like those things are in a place where uh, you know they're worthy of showing to you. Uh, until then, you know, I mean, that's who we are. Sort of like, no, it's not not ready yet, not ready yet. You know, I mean, we we want to make sure that uh, we're always putting our best foot forward. So we're going to take the time we need, uh, and when we feel like uh, we're ready to do that, we'll put our best foot forward with a swift kick. Um, but uh, we'll get there. We'll get there together. Uh, but right now, we're just happy to uh, congratulate you guys on 100 episodes. Uh, thank you for keeping such a lively conversation going. And uh, just to sort of share, as we look back across all the adventures we've had playing the game, sort of, you know, invite ourselves into that experience and say, here are some of the adventures that we've had making the game. And it's been a, a wonderful symbiosis where we create all of these things and the players rush in there and make it their own and, uh, you know, to show them what we were thinking about years before they even got to go into that world and how we were able to go in there and, and you know, share these games together was really what we wanted to accomplish today. Well, hey, it was it was really a pleasure uh, sitting with you guys and having you take us through your creative process with uh, Destiny. Uh, we appreciate it. Cool, Chris. Chris Barrett's maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for having us. All right. So right now we're actually going to throw it to some people from the community who are taking a look forward about what they want to see with Destiny Two. We'll be right back in just a second. In Destiny 2, I am genuinely hoping that Bungie invest more heavily in the sort of MMO feel of the game. I basically want a reason to explore the world and actually be in the world and not just, you know, load into it, do my mission and then get out. In Destiny 2, I want Bungie to embrace their MMO side a little bit more. What do I want in Destiny 2? Beards. Guardians to have beards. Space battles would be too. Let's try to make time to explain. Let's make that story... Not in the Grimoire. Don't make it in the game. Well, patrols that actually like spread out continent wide, and you can like have different outposts to go to. Yeah, that's what I want. Put the Grimoire in the game, not on my phone. In the game. In Destiny 2, I'd like to see more emphasis on exploring while in patrol. Oh, and more time to explain. Make time to explain, please. Please. The thing that I'm looking forward to the most with Destiny 2, definitely new ways to meet new people and meet new friends. Finding a way to make it easier to chat with each other would be super duper awesome. From Destiny 2, I want to see uh, more cutscenes with our enemies. I'd like to see more character feature customization. I want to see dedicated servers. And I want to see more story narrative. I just want 60 frames a second. Expectations are super high for Destiny 2. So at the top of my wish list is a story that's more coherent this time around. And I would like to hear more about Osiris and more about the trials of Osiris. I'd like to see one playlist that's ranked and you know what you're getting into. And then another one where you can go in and just kind of let your hair down and have a little bit of fun. What I want for Destiny 2 is a ranked playlist in the Crucible. You give me a reason to keep playing the Crucible and something to work towards, I will never stop. I'm looking forward to a stable game in Destiny 2 uh, with some awesome networking, a full environment, like cool stuff that you can see on possibly an in-game map. One, I'm hoping that there is map voting similar to what we've seen in previous Halos. Number two, I'm hoping that we have rotating spawns in Trials, so that way when one side happens to be advantageous, 
Both teams get to play on that side for half the match. I think Destiny 2 should have some more riddles to uh, solve or puzzles to crack. I think that'd be really fun, like especially in raids. Giving Guardians the tools to create their own fate, drive their own story at their own pace, and becoming more knowledgeable regarding the events of their past. We can't wait to see what's in store for our Guardians and to help share the lore as best we can in the community. Oh, and beards. We want beards. What do I want for Destiny 2? Just that same awesome feeling I had when I first played this game all the way back in the beta. If they could bring that over to Destiny 2 and just add more, you know, more story, more weaponry, more places to explore, then I'll be very happy. There's two things that come to mind. First would be a wide enough player base on PC. I'd love to see uh, even better graphic quality in Destiny 2. My second, probably most important wish for Destiny 2 would definitely be more consistent updates and weapon rebalancing. What I want to see in Destiny 2, real dragons. Not those fake ones up on Venus which Bungie called Batadactyls. I want real Ahamkara in Destiny 2. Uh, if we get large open worlds with uh, continuous or uh, more consistent content releases and all that, I would be very, very happy. As someone who's been playing Destiny since day one, something that I'd really like to see come alive in Destiny 2 is the storytelling aspect. Bungie has such a beautiful way of writing the lore that I'd really like to see the gameplay and storyline become totally integrated in the next installation. So answering the question, what do I want in Destiny 2? I mean, I, I think in a technical aspect, a lot of us want to see you know dedicated servers, 60 frames per second, just to... I think what I want in Destiny 2 the most is just way more PvE content. I absolutely love everything we have so far, especially the raids, and I can't wait to see that expanded upon them. First and foremost, a compelling and dynamic storyline. The second would be a PvP arena that could take competitive shooting to a whole new level with limitless options for creating inventive and memorable playstyles. I'm really excited for Destiny 2, and I can't wait to see what they bring us. I hope it's even bigger and better than the first. That's what the community is asking for in Destiny 2. We've had this conversation many times on this show, so we've actually linked to some of those in the description below. Right now, though, we're instead going to take a look back at some of our favorite memories throughout the lifespan of Destiny and talk about why those moments that we're going to show you were special. CJ, what is your favorite memory? Take a guess. Oh, I know. Gee, uh, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something where you're sweaty, right? Yeah, exactly. The sweats. Trials of Osiris. Uh, May 22nd, 2015, I believe, is the official Trials of Osiris date. That's what it was. 8.37 p.m.? <laughs> yeah, exactly the minute. Um, it was, it was, I think, a 10 a.m. launch yeah. again. Like, and uh, it, It's crazy because just thinking of the game without Trials, House of Wolves was amazing, but Trials came out of that, and that mm. is incredible. So, I mean, I, you're right there with me. I know, Fran, you played a lot yeah. of Trials. No, I mean, you really – actually, you struck a chord when you said that because I was like – when it first launched, I actually didn't play that much Trials, and I played mostly Prison at the time. And now it's like, wait, if they didn't have trials in that update, what would my life be like right now? Because <laughs> I play a ton every weekend. You have so, much more time. Yeah. But I mean, it, and it's good. Like you, the community wise, we talk about the various aspects of the trials community and PvP and PvE. But PvP has kind of been now where a lot of the legs of the game have gone because the PvE stuff's old. So yeah. um, this moment that I'm specifically going to show and talk about, uh, it was another classic trials moment. Somehow. It obviously goes down to a 4v4, the last round in, you know, the ninth, if you're about to get the last. You just, you envision like the yellow circle versus the red dot and you're just yeah. holding on. And so it was actually Fran, 
Michael Lovebree and I. It was not that long ago. Yeah, the backpack. We have a bunch of various uh, team names for each of the teams that have that fail at trials. There's yeah. Broken Dreams. There's uh, <laughs> Shattered Dreams. Shattered Dreams. <laughs> that's me, Stephen, and friends. Then there's Mended Dreams. That's me, you, and Michael. Oh, so, I didn't even know. Yeah, that's that's because we made it. You know, we finally made it. But there was a final round. Uh, we were basically um, going back and forth, and we had probably came back from. You know, four one, yeah. about four or five rounds in this card, and sometimes you do those cards, and you're like, "This feels great, it's all good." This one felt terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we were going to end by. in disappointment. The very last round, I'm a hunter. I get lots of grief for being the quiver hunter. A lot of people <laughs> just go like, "Hey, just go black hole, yep. stop it with this quiver nonsense." Yeah. Anyways, long story short, uh, we were all coming up at the very end. Where we're, you know, okay, here we go. We're jumping up all yeah, we the same came up time. Four one. Came back from Mercy was gone. Gone. And we're like, let's do this. And we know they had a bunch of supers. We didn't have any. I just got my quiver and time's running down. I'm like, all right, let's do this. I don't want to not go to the lighthouse yeah. after spending an hour and a half. We jump up in the actual video. You can see me and the hunter on the opposite team, like tethering at the same time. Mm-hmm. And as we went up, friends like, oh my God, I'm tethered. <laughs> <laughs> like, got him, got him. And Mike's like, oh, I'm tethered too. And I'm like, oh guys, I just direct impacted one of the guys. And I was like, okay, I think I can kill him. So I kill that guy. And then the guy on the other team who got the tether off, I think you killed or Michael mm-hmm. killed. But then he, his teammate was a blade dancer. So then they activated a blade really quick and then <laughs> killed the two of you. And you guys are then sitting there in the middle of it going, oh, man, we're both dead. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you have to understand, we'll show you the clip, but this is all in the span of probably about three seconds. <laughs> and I swear, I don't know how it works this way with trials. And it happens every time yeah. where it is like time stops. Mm-hmm. And when you win, it's amazing. And when you lose, <laughs> it's, it's <not>. terrible. <laughs> uh, but anyways, so we won this time. I'll let the clip play out, but – Still probably one of my most memorable moments uh, in Trials, and it was uh, it was a pretty cool clip. Killer. Okay, I have my oh, super my right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm going in top mid, okay? I'm going top mid. Let's do uh, it. Get ready okay. to go, go on the wide. Yeah, they're all here in the middle. Oh, they tethered. I got hit. I got, I got direct impact on one of them. Ah! Blade, coming for you, Michael. Blade! You're the last guardian. Siege, you got to clutch it. It's all you. He's almost dead. Got him. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Let's yeah. go. Let's go. Oh. That, is, that is just the dose. Woo. Lighthouse you needed, man. Yeah. Lighthouse, how does that feel? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was waiting I I that guy see out. CJ's face right now. Oh. Your, mic is, your mic is so bad. So right there, I mean, again. Feels like yesterday. That was probably one of my uh, most favorite moments uh, in recent trials memories. Uh, I mean, we've lo- obviously watched Twitch streams and all that stuff. Destin, yeah. I've seen you lose your mind in various other PvP or PvE aspects of uh, the game. Yeah. Uh, specifically, yeah, I'm thinking back to when the newest Rise of Iron uh, raid. Was Iron? Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. The Iron. <laughs> the old Iron raid. Uh, yeah, so uh, I got a group together and we were running through the raid every single week uh, on Tuesday – Stream Tuesdays at eight, so yeah. we would stream the raid runs. The Destin Channel, and yeah, Twist on TV slash Destin Channel. Thank you for the plug. <laughs> uh, the moment in particular, though, was when we were running through, and they watch. They'll have other streams on in the background, yeah, while while we're playing, and they're like, we're in the room with a cube, and nobody knows how to open it yet, and they're 
and they're like, I think Dado just opened it. And everybody's at the door to transition. And once you go past there, uh, you can't. So literally yeah. I'm like, everybody stop. <laughs> back it up. So like we all go back into the room with the cube and I'm like, we're solving this right now. And we sat there and we solved the puzzle over, over a matter of time. We figured out where you had to stand. Like it was a combination of Reddit and Dado and all these other streamers who were kind of figuring it out at the same right. time. Right. Everybody was like doing it yeah. at the same yeah. time. And, and I was there for that moment of like, Okay, this person figured out this part and this person figured out that part and it was just so fantastic and I lose my mind when the thing opened <laughs> because it had been like a month. Yeah. It was like a month and yeah, nobody nice. had solved it yet it was a huge and I was there for the the second it was being solved. It was it was just a phenomenal experience. Uh yeah, do you do you did you guys open the cube? You've done that. Yeah, so right? I did. Yeah. So yeah, my yeah. experience was after yours, but I remember yeah. thinking, okay, I watched Destin and nothing will top his screaming <laughs> in the middle of it when yeah. you did it. It was very cool. Well, your reward was Outbreak Prime, right? Yeah, yeah. at the yeah. time, Outbreak Prime was just like this fantastic yeah. pulse rifle. Killer. Yeah, it was really, Oh, well, really for cool. the rage, it's an awesome weapon, but it's just solving that. Yeah, I hadn't seen something like that in Destiny even with all of its stuff yeah. like Sleeper Simulate and all that. Um this one was huge, you know. I remember it was like midnight too, and there was like a group of streamers up, like trying to solve it. Oh, there yeah. also just hadn't been a deeply rooted mystery like that in any of the other raids. Like, there's always been little secrets here and there, yeah. but like this was something like we know it's here, no one's figured it out yet, and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, all these different people are figuring out different pieces of the puzzle at the same time. Like, there, that's an in- special thing. There was like an ARG where like you had to figure out your cube. Like Reddit had this whole thread about like how they figured out which cylinders you have to st- yeah. stand on to yeah. open it basically. It's still difficult to understand. Yeah. yeah. Like, even when I still you go don't, through it. Yeah. Like you have to translate binary yeah. into a number and that lets you know the row and the column you need to stand in. Yeah. It was so layered. And then after you get after you solve it, you actually still have to decode to get the outbreak prime. It, it's seriously just a, a super cool moment, and I hope everybody watching got to experience it. Uh, okay. Here was my reaction. Did we do it? Uh, it hasn't landed up yet. Give it a second. There we go. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Everybody, it's open! It's open! Get in, find the monitor! I'm coming, guys! No, I died! Not now! Damn you, Titan Jump! Oh my god! This is so cool! (laughs) This is so freaking cool! Sean, going back further, you have a moment. You struggled with it at first, but you finally solved it. Yeah, well, so mine is when we first completed level 35 Prison of Elders. At the time, it was the hardest PV content in the game. And this is a ju- after it was adjusted for the burns, like yeah. school working school. as intended as yeah. we talk about. Ugh. But uh, I still like proudly uh, <laughs> use the ship because I think that that's like an indication of the that was the hardest content in the game. And I love yeah. showing off that I did that back in the day, which is super cool. Uh, so – Special for this event was like we did it on stream and that was something really cool because I don't know. It was kind of weird. It came at a time when like we didn't really know if people were still interested in Destiny, Mm -hmm. but this was the hardest PvE content in the game. We thought like this is something people want to watch. So 
they showed up in droves. There were a bunch of people and a lot of pressure on me to get this <laughs> <Not> done. <myself. laughs> you and had to do it. There were no checkpoints at this time either. So like even just oh dying sort of in the initial couple rounds up getting to the end was difficult. But I remember and I was doing it with a fire team of Stan, uh, HCA and Sydney who are both great people. But Stan's one of the, he's a great kid and he's a smart guy. But you're never really sure if he heard what you were saying to him because you'd be like, Stan, grab this thing, and he just won't respond. <laughs> he won't and then you're problem. like, <laughs> "Is he doing?" Stan, and he he heard you. He totally did. Yeah. But just like he's just going through it. Yeah, he's I don't know. He just sometimes won't respond. Gotta and have faith. This is an encounter that is so uh, taxing on your communication because you're not only avoiding the ads and skull loss while running around the map, but you're passing around this poison oh. that you have to time in a perfect right. way, or else it'll kill you instantly. Potato. Yeah, right. And you need the right comp. Like at the time, we figured out you need a self res because that's lifesaver. Yep. Hunters that can invis are great for resing. You need one of those. And then obviously, Titan bubbles are great for just setting up in a corner and killing all these ads. You can see that when we finally completed it, it had taken so much energy out of me. I didn't even really celebrate. I was kind of just like, a, "Oh my god, we did it." <laughs> Thank you. I just want to go to sleep now. Yeah. And Jose, who was my co-pilot on the stream, is actually the more excited guy. He was like, dude, you did it, man. And I was yeah. like, we did it, dude. Like, it kind of <laughs> took a second to hit me. You know how Destiny can be when you're in there for a couple of hours, hours, like, yeah. a couple. working to get that yeah, done, and then you generous. finally do it. It's less like a celebratory thing and more like a thank God that's over type yeah. thing. And that's my moment on the stream. But it's the achievement of doing the hardest thing in the game. Uh, you can see it written all over my face. So that's what this clip is. So take a look. So what's left? How much do we have? You burned the self. That's fine. Just burn Skolas. Do we have essences right now? You still will. You will. Okay. I had it on me. Oh, got it. Uh, I have it now. Where Sean, is Skolas? Sean, let me know and I'll take it from you. Okay. Oh, he's oh. low. Let's put some damage on him. Come on. And... Put it in the books, because this one yes. is done. Hey. Congratulations. Very nice. Sean, Stan, and Sydney. Nice work. <laughs> we did it. Going in. Yes. Yeah, 19 minutes left on the stream, and Ooh. you come through. I saw the blood in your eyes when that you was... saw that he was down to like 2% health. I didn't know he was that low. I yeah. thought we were I was. I had, that was a nice surprise. Yeah. I had 20 galleys to fire. 20, 20 galleys just to make sure he stays down. That's right. Nice work. Thank you. That was awesome. So, yeah, you can definitely see the emotion written or lack thereof written on my face. But that's my moment. Fran, what about you? What's your favorite the moment? The best for last, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No, you know, the truth is some of my very best moments, I was not streaming at the time. I don't have the footage. I always reference Vault of Glass when I got this crazy hard drop, tried forever, similar story. However, I do think uh, my moment is more of the one at large, which was – uh, year two when Taken King came out in King's Fall. That was the first blind raid that I did because before it was hard for me to find oh. time. Yeah. And so like, like Vault, somebody walked me through it and you're like, people are like yeah. pressuring you to do things and you're just like, what is going on? Get, you know, get the clans. As much as I played tons of <laughs> yeah, Vault. What? But, 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 yeah. yeah. So with Taken King, that was the first time that a group of a bunch of IGN folks got together uh, and we just blind went through. It took us 13 to 15 hours. I mean, just amazing. And I don't have that footage. <laughs> wow. However, Long time. What, where this story leads, which I do think represents destiny 
and what it stands for and what we're doing here today, I ended up like just meeting some more people through – actually, it was through trials but then also with getting more raid help on Raid Hard. And that was the group that I play with most today actually, which is like Click It and Chronic and Toxic and Arcane and Michael Lovebury who you know played with Michael and King is another guy we play with and I'm sure I'm forgetting other people I've joined. But this is now a group I play with and talk to on uh, my PS Messages app all the time. So anyway, the footage that you know you'll see playing now is just like it's us at Golgoroth hard, but like I spent so much time in there with these guys. Like we had every Sunday, we had our appointed time that we'd wake up and start playing. And I'm sure in the the community, like you have this, like you basically you have, have it out. yeah, you have your appointments with each other. Yeah, yep. Uh, there's the famous Fran nap, which oh, we may man. not have ever talked about. <laughs> this actually happened during them. Yeah, this happened during uh, King's Fall. We were trying to finish it, and I told them I would be there at a particular time because we were supposed to finish off Oryx. And uh, well, I showed up like an hour late, and I'm texting Fran. They're like, you? "Fran, okay." My I alarm like, didn't go off. Yeah, uh, so I took you were the infamous, asleep. Oh, like yeah. oh, he sweat. was having like, a nap. <sighs> yeah. Oh, dude, I passed out. I was just <laughs> well, and I was talking to him like an hour or two before. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, don't worry, I'll be there. I'll be there." And I'm like, "Where's Fran?" And texted him for like an hour or two. So that is the the, the Fran nap. But basically, though, this moment that you'll see, we'll show a brief clip. It's just the moment at large, like the group together. This was a new group of friends who I've never even met in real life, and you know, I think that just speaks to how awesome this game and the community has become and so that's my moment all right shoot the shoot the thing grab it grab it That sounds is. like sounds like you have a winner. Yeah. Golgoroth too. What a challenge! I remember having, like, we had the most wrong strategy the first night <laughs> we were in there. We were like running around the room and having them spin all the way around oh, because yeah, we thought yeah. we had to use every one of the drops. Yeah, like, just use the front left one. <laughs> yeah, like we kind of had like the main mechanic down, just the passing it back and forth and like getting him to turn. Yeah. But then we had this whole other part where it's like, well, no, we have to use all the drops, get them to go around a big circle. Oh, man. It's a disaster. I was convinced that you had to uh, do something. Oh, to get the drops to drop on the top of his head. Like, <laughs> oh, you really? get him to walk under it and drop the, the crap on his head. No. <laughs> no not at all. Definitely it wasn't not. a bad theory. Guys, thank you so much for sharing those moments and for being on the episode today. Uh, very happy that we made it to episode 100. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode. But before we go, there was one last thing we all wanted to say to the community, and that's thank you. Every single one of you out there is amazing. The Destiny community is by far one of the kindest, most thoughtful, and welcoming that I've ever had the pleasure of being a part of. From me and everyone here at IGN, thank you for everything. We're going to leave you with a montage from other content creators who also wanted to give you their thanks. But until next time, Guardians out! Hey guys, Bife here. Just wanted to go ahead and leave this message for the guys over on Fireteam Chat. Thank you very much for being another wonderful part of the Destiny community. Congratulations, Fireteam Chat, on your 100th episode. We look forward to 100 more. I'd like to congratulate Fireteam Chat on reaching this amazing milestone. And thank you to everyone who has made the Destiny community one of the greatest video game communities on the face of the earth. The Destiny community means... A lot of things to a lot of different people, but to me, it means positivity. I'm so grateful to it because the community helped me through some really rough times in my life, and 
I'm forever in debt to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Destiny community. You all are truly the best. Thank you for all the memories in Destiny, and I cannot wait to see what Destiny 2 brings. Thank, Thank you. you. I honestly don't know what I would be doing without their support. I'm, I'm very, I'm very grateful for that. Thank you. Thank you. This community is just awesome, and I'm so happy to be a part of it. Thank you. To the Destiny community, I say thank you. You have changed my life and have brought people into it that I now call some of my closest friends. To the entire Destiny community, thank you. It truly is one of the best communities out there in any game I've ever played. When Guardians get together, great things happen. Thank you. The Destiny community is unlike any other. It's amazing. Thank you. From all of us in the Destiny community, thank you very much. Thank you so much to you guys. Thank you so much to the Destiny community. The bottom of my heart, you guys are magic and keep on killing it. This is truly the best community I've ever interacted with. They've changed my life. This community is remarkable. I am absolutely honored and blessed to be a part of the Destiny community. It is unlike any other gaming community out there. If I ever have a bad day, I know that I can just turn my stream on and the community will be there to put a smile back on my face. Thank you. Thank you. I would consider the Destiny community to be my family. As close the Destiny community has changed my life and it means more to me than I think um, anyone will ever know. Hey, it's Steph here and I just wanted to say thank you for this community. I've had the opportunity to meet so many great people like everyone on Fireteam Chat and I'm looking forward to what the next year will bring. Hey, Jenny, have you um, ever heard of a vampire slayer? Do you mean the one girl in all the world with the strength and skill to fight the vampires, demons, and forces of darkness? I do. Oh, yeah, I've heard of her. Cool. My name is Jenny Owen Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And together, we spent six years watching every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one at a time, podcasting about each and every one. Never seen Buffy before? We will protect you. Our podcast is spoiler-free, so first-time viewers can listen along safely. Ever thought to yourself, I wish someone was brave enough to write an original song for every single episode of Buffy? <laughs> Your search is at an end, my friend, because we did exactly that. So if you've never watched Buffy, or if you're about to watch the series for the 14th time, come over and join us. Our podcast is called Buffering the Vampire Slayer, and you can learn more about it at BufferingCast.com. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.